this um, this beautiful hymn of praise that opens the Gospel of John, that we we recite every uh, every first Sunday after Christmas. Harkens, I'm sure you hear the echo. Harkens back to the very beginning, to Genesis, doesn't it? The very same words opens in the beginning, in the beginning. And in this one, where God was the word and all things came into being through him, harkens back to that whole creation story. Yeah, when, Jesus, when God said, let there be light, and, and in speaking, let there be light, there was light. And in speaking, let there be animals upon the earth, there were animals upon the earth. And in speaking, let, let us make humankind in our image, we are made in the image of God. God spoke. God spoke and creation came into being. And then we have this beautiful preamble to John that has God expressed as word itself, the very creative and redemptive word of God. And it's very, it's very beautiful, but what, when you look at those two things side by side, we are reminded of the words in Genesis which tell us that we were created and why and by whom. And then we get the Gospel of John that reminds us that we were created thereby, but also also kind of picks at us a little bit when it says, when it says, uh, but the word came among them and they did not know him, right? They didn't recognize him. We did not recognize the word as he came among us in Jesus. And so what it does, the comparison shows us how far short we fall from what we were created to be and created to do. And that's the opportunity we have every Christmas, is to reflect on that. And sometimes the very familiar story, Decker was telling me the story of Joseph and Mary and the baby and the animals and all of whom needed water from the well, by the way, they were very thirsty. (laughs) That story is so familiar and rich and wonderful, uh, but sometimes it's helpful to step out of that story and look at it from another perspective, because there are many, many, many such stories that are told that remind us of why we were created and, and... uh, and how far short we are of that mark. And one of them is told by Ray Buckley in a book called The Giveaway. It's drawn from Native American tradition. I don't know that it's fully Native American, but it's inspired by it. And let me, if I may, share that story, because it's a story of the two-leggeds. Who do you think, who are the two-leggeds, Davis? Who do you think two-leggeds would be? Yeah? Two-leggeds. Well, we've got four-leggeds, and we've got two-leggeds. In this story, who are the four-leggeds? Decker, do you know? The animals are the four-leggeds. Who in this story has two legs? I think Davis knows, yeah? That's right, the people, the people. So this is a story about the people, the two-leggeds, who have fallen so far short of the mark that all of the four-leggeds, all of the animals, and all of the, the, the birds and the, the flying uh, what do they call them here? The, the others, those who fly. So here's a story about the two-leggeds losing their way and then finding it again. And it takes place among a grove of trees that have stood in that place so long that they are so completely interwoven that what affects one affects all. They don't remember being anything but whole and as a community. And so these trees were known to all the inhabitants of the forest, as um, to known to all of the four-leggeds and all of those who fly as the 
old ones. The trees are known as the old ones. And in the middle of all these old ones stood the eldest of them all. And that was the ancient one. Because it had known the Creator God longer than any of the others. And so when it came time to figure out what to do about the two-legged problem, they all came together in this ancient wood. And each one, four-leggeds and those who fly, sent their best speakers to address the problem. And so they began to speak, and Whooping Crane said of the two-leggeds, they have lost their way. There is no pattern to their journey. Deer Mouse said, they have lost their purpose. They do not gather seeds. They do not know who they are. Tatanka, the buffalo, said, they take more than they need and give nothing back. They do not give away. They do not see long distance, spoke Eagle. They keep more than they can eat while some go hungry. They no longer know they are connected. Fox said, they do not know that they are beautiful. They decorate themselves with stones and hide their spirits. Beaver added, they think that power is what they can hold on to. They say, this is mine, and build lodges too large so that they themselves will appear big. They must make others small so that they will look big, says Bear. In the end, they must destroy others or themselves. They have lost... They have lost their names, and they do not know who they are. Well, finally, Grandmother Turtle comes away. She makes her way slowly to the center, and she lifts her head to speak. We must give away ourselves to them, she says. We must speak to them in soft voices. We must remind them of who they are. I will give them my shell to adorn themselves. And one by one, each one of them offered something of their true natures to restore the true nature of the two-leggeds. Whooping Crane said, I will teach them the patterns of life. I will remind them of the seasons. Deer Mouse said, I will teach them to gather seeds so that no one need be hungry. I will give them what I have stored. Eagle offered, I will give them my, my feathers. Perhaps if I cannot fly, they will not feel small. And Tatanka the buffalo spoke, I will give them my flesh to sustain them and my skin to warm them. I will give myself away. As each one spoke about that most costly portion of themselves that they would give away, and then when all had spoken, a new voice was heard, and in the shadow of that ancient one stood the Creator God, pictured as a light shining in the deep darkness. Children, the Creator God began, you will give yourselves away, but they will not know that. They will say, see what I have taken, and think that they've made themselves larger. It is I who must give myself away. I must give away my protection and become vulnerable to their lodges. I must choose to become small so that they can choose to know me large. I must give away my name so that they can know their names. And the ancient one asked, Creator, how can this be? How can the great mystery become small? And the Creator God answered, A baby will be born. He will be the son of the great mystery. 
He will be born not where the two-leggeds are gathered, but among the four-leggeds and those who fly. He will bring light into confusion. He will bring hope into despair. He will bring love, and his name will be great. And the Ancient One in the center of the forest began to tremble, and those who fly left his branches, and all the others began to quake. And the Ancient One spoke, Creator, what can I, whose name speaks only of my age, give away to the great mystery become baby? What can I do from my grove in the forest? And the Creator God answered, You, you will be his support. You will be his place of rest. You will hold his body. You will hold him up in the beginning and at the end. And the Ancient One wept, they say, partly for joy, partly for sorrow. And so at Christmas we remember that the Word became flesh and lived among us to shine a light upon our true nature to restore us to God and to one another. And in him we are reminded of who we have truly been created to be and what we have truly been given to be, how we might live together. And so, like the ancient one, we are called to bear his life and ours. We will cradle him. We will bear his cross. It will be our joy. It will be our sorrow. It will be our purpose and our passion. In Jesus, God became small so that we might know him large. Amen.